Welcome to day six of the story that changes everything. A reading for today is Genesis chapters 16 through 18. Here's some thoughts to guide your reading for today. Genesis chapter 16 invites us to experience the family dysfunctions at work, even in the lives of God's heroic people. Ten years have gone by, and no child has been born to Abram and Sarai. It's important to recognize in the narrative that although we may often want to impose some moral condemnation on one or more of the characters involved in this story, the narrative itself makes little or no judgment upon any of the actions taken by Sarai, Abram, or Hagar. No one in the story is celebrated as exemplary, but no one is condemned as evil either. To this point, Sarai has not been included in any of God's promises, so perhaps she wondered if the promise only included Abraham. Her plan to use her Egyptian servant is not inconsistent with the way ancient cultures would have responded in such a difficult situation where having an heir was necessary and critical for the continued flourishing of a family lineage. As the plan is created, neither Abram nor Sarai ever speak Hagar's name. She is only objectified as the Egyptian servant girl to them. This makes the first word out of the mouth of the Lord's messenger, Hagar, more meaningful and revealing. Abram and Sarai have not considered her desires or her future, but God knows her name and cares about her future. In response, Hagar names God the God who sees, and she names her son, Ishmael, the God who hears. There is much that is broken in the relationships between the main characters in this chapter. Perhaps what this chapter reminds us is how challenging it is to wait on the Lord. Living between the promise and its fulfillment is always filled with tension, with challenges, and with temptations to take our future into our own hands. We have to learn to wait on the Lord. Chapter 17 opens 13 years later. God desires to reaffirm, to recut the covenant with Abram. This reaffirmation begins with a call for Abram to walk openly and in faithfulness with God. The human response to God's faithfulness will then be to practice circumcision. There's much speculation about the origin of this unique practice. Perhaps it relates to the idea of cutting a covenant. In a play on words, the text states that those who do not live into this practice will be cut off. Some scholars think it may relate to the idea that one might prune a tree and hope that it will bear more fruit. It certainly is an odd covenant requirement. However, there are three aspects of it that seem significant. Circumcision, first of all, is physical. It is a bodily response to God's faithfulness. It is personal, marking people in the most personal places of their existence, and it is permanent. It irreversibly marks them as God's own people. When God reaffirms to Abraham that he will be the father of many nations, he falls. It's implied that he falls over laughing. Nevertheless, God will be faithful and expand Abraham's identity to Abraham, the father of a multitude, and will expand Sarai's identity to Sarah, princess. Genesis 18 opens with Abraham's The 18th chapter opens with Abraham's hospitality to three strangers. Certainly, Abraham's act will be a contrast to the way these strangers will be treated by Sodom and Gomorrah, but this act of hospitality comes at great risk to Abraham and vulnerability, and it seems to at least reflect part of what it means to be God's people and walk faithfully before the Lord. The identity of the visitors does not appear to be known to Abraham until verse 13. So who are these three? It's speculated that perhaps it is Yahweh in human form accompanied by two angels or heavenly messengers. It may be this story that the writer of Hebrews has in mind when they write in chapter 13, verse 2, don't neglect to open up your homes to guests. 
because by doing this, some of you have been hosts to angels without knowing it. Like Abraham in the previous chapter, when Sarah hears the word of promise, she too laughs. The response to her laughter is one of the great verses in Genesis. Verse 14 says, Is anything too hard for the Lord? As the Lord and the messengers head to Sodom and Gomorrah to witness and judge their reputation for wickedness, Abraham barters for their future. This conversation between Abraham and Yahweh begins an interesting pattern of God's people recognizing God's nature of mercy and grace and urging the Lord to act out of that central character. Abraham barters God down from 50 righteous to 45 to 40 to 30 to 20 and finally down to 10. God's mercy is big enough to spare the cities for the sake of 10 righteous people. The chapter ends not knowing what the judge of the universe will discover and what the fate of the cities will be. These are fascinating texts for today, so read them carefully, read looking for things you've never seen before, listen to what the Spirit might be saying to you through the text today, journal some of your reflections, your questions, your prayers, and be thankful today for God's steadfast love and mercy. Tomorrow's reading is Genesis 19-21 through and Psalm 3. I'll see you tomorrow.